Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DKI Witness. And welcome to Where To Go, where every fortnight we find out a little bit more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. So, um, Lucy, today we are visiting, I'm quite excited, we are I visiting am. Copenhagen. Yes. Amazing kind of city, very much old versus new. Yes. Uh, Scandi vibes, whilst yes. also having quite a lot of like canals and greenery and history as well to it. And very progressive and modern as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you been before? I have, yes, I have. I went in um, 2017. And I have to say, actually, James, you probably know this, yep. but... Aside from New York City, mm-hmm. Copenhagen is, and London, of course, but Copenhagen is my most favourite city. I love Copenhagen. I went in August, so I feel like I saw it in the summer at its best when yep. all the locals were just out and about, whizzing around on their bikes, pavement cafes, and it's such a beautiful... I was in a, I was in a neighbourhood called Norabro, which had like a lovely villagey vibe, mm-hmm. but it's such like a green city... And I just loved how Scandinavians generally, but sort of the Copenhageners, just all looked effortlessly cool and, you know, would just happily park up at a cafe and read their book for 30 minutes with a coffee or, I don't know, I just, it just felt really, yeah, villagey and inclusive and casual and kind of understatedly, if that's a word, cool. Yeah. Is what my, my, my taking of it was. And I just loved that. And that's why... You know, if it weren't for the really long winters, I would move to Copenhagen in a heartbeat. I loved it. Yeah, I think I think the key word for me there is effortless. Like I went um, five, six or so years ago and it's, um, it is just kind of, uh, they make everything look so easy, easy yeah. so unflustered. Um, and yeah, the big memory for me is food, like going and mm. having uh, smurabra, the, the open sandwiches. Yes. 
um, the sort of really like kind of finely put together. I remember having this incredible breakfast um, just by the kind of riverside and, and there being um, all of these like different kind of components to it. Yes, and they're beaut- beautifully made as well. It's such a kind of contradiction of like so much kind of detail whilst also just making things look really cool and yeah. being quite quite a relaxed city as well um yes. so who who is our special guest that we're going to discuss Copenhagen with so we've got Alan Matuku Kortbeck who yep. is um one of the writers on Copenhagen Like a Local which is um in the second wave of Like a Local books which will be mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. in bookshops in January 2022 Cool, cool. So a little bit of a preview ahead to Like a Local Copenhagen with one of the writers. Exactly. Fantastic. And can you tell us a a little bit about Alan? Yes. So after spending his childhood between Denmark and Kenya, Alan made Copenhagen his permanent home in 2009 and plans to stay. He's a marketing creative writer and photographer from nine to five and spends his downtime by the water, swimming, surfing and running after um, his toddler, Tristan. Fantastic. So without further ado, let's visit Copenhagen with Alan. Hello. Hi, Alan. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod to talk about all things Copenhagen today. Yeah, sure thing. Delighted to be here. So first of all, we're going to find out a bit about Alan and the city of Copenhagen, and then we'll hear some insider recommendations, followed by talking about today and the future. So Alan, what was it that drew you back to live in Copenhagen? So this calls for a bit of context. Um, My mother is Danish and she comes from a tiny island called Morse which is essentially in the middle of nowhere. It's an island surrounded by a fjord that's surrounded by land close to the west coast of Denmark. Um, and my dad is from Kenya. Um, so I grew up in Kenya where I went to international school, um, hence the accent. Um, I spent a lot of summers uh, during my childhood and in my teen years in Copenhagen uh, before moving to Denmark permanently, aged 18. Um, mm. But at that age, I moved to a small town called Sunnebo, um, which is in the south of Denmark, the southern tip near Germany. Um, and I studied there for a couple of years before I moved to Spain and then moving back to Sunnebo. And then I decided that uh, I didn't want to live there anymore. I was fed up with it. Um, so I moved to Copenhagen with 20 Danish kroner, which is nothing. I don't know how many quid yeah. that is, but it's nothing in my bank account. Um, and I mean, I'd always been drawn to Copenhagen because I'd been here before, as I mentioned, but I think it's... It still is a very open and tolerant city for me. It's very progressive. Um, It's a place where people have the freedom to be themselves. Um, It's a city that's extremely livable um, and has all the things that I like. So um, culture, cultural events, music concerts, um, and the range of outdoor activities that you can do in in a city um, really always, yeah, it it has me being very thankful at the end of the day when when I think about how much I, I do here. So... Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things really drew me in. Um, and I think over the years, of course, we all go through different phases. Um, when I first moved here, I was a, as a promoter working, um, doing music reviews for different shows and so on. Um, cool. And that, that really sort of allowed me to see the city from, from one particular aspect. And now, of course, mm. with, with my child, it's a more sedate life. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm still finding that the city keeps on surprising me. Um, even now, um, when, yeah, I'm not doing that much exploring per se. Sure. 
So have you kind of moved around within the city then, as you, as you kind of alluded to there, you know, kind of going from sort of music journalism into the more sedate life now? Do you live in a different part of Copenhagen to where you first moved to? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's it's all gone full circle. I, it's, mm. I'm at the point now where I'm able to reflect on, you know, all the years that I've been here. So I started out in a suburb called Gentofte, which is a very wealthy suburb in the north of Copenhagen. And I was living in a basement. I had a basement for myself, living in a house uh, there for, I think it was three years. And then I moved to Valby, which is just outside of Vestibro, where I live now. Um, and I also lived in a house there with my mates for five years. That was mm. amazing. Uh, <laughs> goes without saying, it was a house with a garden. Yeah. Um, yeah, really gave us a wonderful opportunity just to experience um, student life in Copenhagen um, in a very mm. unique way, I think. Most people don't don't have that opportunity because there's actually quite a bit of a housing uh, shortage in Copenhagen like there is in most major cities. So we were really, really lucky to have that. And then I now live in Vesterbro, um, which, yeah, um, most people associate it with being the hip or, or hipster. I was going to say, isn't that one of the really cool parts of the city? Yeah. I mean, it's... I'm, some of it is true, right? So, so like, it's it's famously <laughs> described as a place where all the hipsters hang out. Uh, but it's, it's a little bit of a mis- misnomer because it's, it's a place that's definitely cool in that sense. Yeah. Um, but it's also an area that's undergone and is undergoing significant um, transformation. There's, there's a lot of gentrification happening. It's very mm-hmm. close to an area called Karlsbergbrunn, for example, yeah. um, which, is, which is like the, the quintessential gentrification project, if you will. Um, so lots of things are changing in Vestibro where there's this constant mix of things that are really cool, um, things that are for the creative class, uh, and things that are just not for, made for, for locals in any way, mm. um, if that makes yeah. sense. And there's this, there's this constant sort of, um, juxtaposition of, um, different influences, different cultures, different sorts of people. So it's also home to the meatpacking district, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Many listeners and and perhaps yourselves um, will will know that that area. So, the meat packing district, uh, much like New York's meat packing district, it's basically a, a, they're former slaughterhouses that have kept their tiled interior, uh, yeah. but today they're occupied by art galleries or um, nightclubs, restaurants, that sort of thing. Um, particularly in terms of the, uh, night, the nightclubs, uh, more so before in my previous life than now. <laughs> um, the meatpacking district was fantastic and that's always where we used to hang out. Um, so I always dreamed of living in Vesterbro even before I moved here. Um, I find it to be a very tolerant area um, of town. I find the nightclubs to be extremely accessible for everybody. The music is really good. Uh, they're not that that big like nightclubs are, for example, in London. Um, they're much smaller and they have a very basement sort of feeling. It's very cozy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a bit of Vesterbro. Cool. Brilliant. Well, that was a that's a great introduction to kind of your Copenhagen. And next, we're going to kind of look into uh, some of the best things that travellers can kind of do across the city. Yes. So, Alan, um, imagine you are speaking to someone who knows absolutely nothing about Copenhagen, has never even heard of it. Uh, <laughs> how would you kind of introduce the city to them? Yeah, so I'd, I'd say that Copenhagen is very multifaceted, and I know that's a word that gets tossed around a lot, but it really is uh, 
a, a, just a combination of so many different influences, styles, etc. Um, on the one hand, it's very futuristic. You've got driverless metro trains that will take you from, from the airport when you get in. Um, and they just sear through these illuminated tunnels, like something out of a sci-fi uh, film. Um, mm. You've got a lot of really amazing architecture um, that's rarely higher than 15 floors. So the city is not a city of skyscrapers. It's very, it's very low mm. in that sense. Um, but amidst all that ocean of, of glass and like new areas like Erstel or just all these new buildings that you see popping up here and there, you also find very um, ancient almost neighborhoods. So you, you'll, you'll find places that are home to you know, quaint colored houses um, that are not too different to, to Notting Hill, um, if, you, if you're in mm. London. So that's places like Ragnar or Nubola. Um, you'll also find a completely alternative uh, part of town that's right in the heart of the city, actually, um, in Christiania. We have to talk about Christiania, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the kind of place that you really need to see for yourself to to d- determine your own opinion, because, like, you know, I can tell you what Christiania is here and we can discuss that, but it's you really never understand Christiania unless you go there. Mm. It has a very liberal t- tradition that goes back to the 60s and 70s, um, sort of very rooted in, in con- counterculture, and even today is like the last bastion of that sort of place, um, if you know, of that sort of size existing in, in Denmark, in Copenhagen, and to my knowledge also um, in most big cities. Mm. Um, so coming to talk about bikes as well, um, to somebody who's never been to, to Denmark, I think that's one of the things that will strike you. It will hit you like a ton of bricks, probably, um, because you really hopefully have... it won't, it won't hit you. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it won't, get it won't hit. literally hit you. Yeah. Uh, because it really, you really have to rethink the way you walk uh, or navigate through the city, yes. because the city mm. is is just built for bikes, yes. um, and you'll see quite a few bikes uh, around the city. I mean, that's something that only keeps it keeps on increasing. Um, you know, COVID only only helped in that respect. Uh, a lot of. Mm-hmm. A lot of the COVID period was people taking bikes to work instead of taking public transport and so on. Um, I was one of the people that always, always biked because I think it's actually the quickest way to get yeah. from A to B. So in addition to all the bikes, uh, nowadays you'll see cargo bikes. So those are, they're actually called Christiania bikes. So a cargo bike is essentially a bike for a family. It's a bigger bike um, and it has like a little carriage attached to it. Um, and now a lot of them are, are electric as well. So they go pretty fast. Great. Um, and it's basically if you have if you have kids, one or two kids, you just pop them in the carriage. If it's raining, you pop the the roof over so they don't get wet, uh, and they can sit there and um, you know play Game Boy or eat carrots or whatever. Um, <laughs> have a fantastic view of the city. Um, great for going on a picnic. I'm going to get one myself soon. Cool. Um, and you'll also find um, rollerbladers, uh, longboarders. Some of them on electric boards. You'll see motorized unicycles, and to be honest, you also see some vehicles that I don't even know what they're called. I have never, you know, you'll see them once in a while. And think, <laughs> mm, okay, uh, that's that's interesting. So I think in that sense, it's it's very very different to anything that I know or, or that I've seen anywhere else. Um, I think Amsterdam would come close sure. to to Copenhagen mm-hmm. or, or Utrecht or in the Netherlands in terms of the bike culture. But but bikes really are. Um, sort of part and parcel of it um, and at the same time so are pedestrians so you have Stroll which is I think it's the longest pedestrian street in the world or was at some mm, point mm. Um, a bit overrated to be honest but but it's just a good example of, of how um, you know especially that part of the city is it's just for people to walk in um, and, and they're increasing um, increasingly there's a debate about the whole of the city actually being free of, of cars 
um, mm. which if you ask me, because I work in the middle of the city, is a fantastic idea. Because <laughs> yeah. um, right now it's full of delivery vehicles and so on. You constantly have to zigzag in between them if you're on a bike. Um, so, you know, expect to be amazed by, by just the sheer volume of, of, of bikes whizzing past you on, on, in all sides. I mean, look right, left and center before you cross <laughs> anything. Um, but also expect to be amazed by just how green the city is. Um, certainly it has a, city, a very long heritage of being green. Uh, I'm not sure the same enthusiasm is, is being kept for green spaces in the future or in the near future, unfortunately. But uh, the, the, the sort of like the fundamentals of Copenhagen were laid in kind of like this um, f- palm um, plan, which is basically a five finger plan with all the outskirts, the suburbs of Copenhagen like sticking out in a five finger green line kind of thing. Okay. Um, so, so there's greenery everywhere. You're close to greenery. Um, you're never far from, from, a, from a wonderful park, which is well maintained and has all the facilities for you to really feel at home and really feel like you're away from the city. Um Expect uh, lots of Nordic, new Nordic uh, cuisine, yes. which is, yep. Uh, yep. It's, it's simple, but or it looks very simple on a plate, uh, but it's very, very complex under the hood. It's almost food science <laughs> yes. in, in some respects. Mm. Um, you can also expect a city where most people speak English, um, which is great for, for people that, that don't speak Danish because it's, it's a hard language <laughs> to, to learn and to speak. Um, and it's a city where, you know, people seem disinterested. It's only just, it's only because they're just so in their zone, uh, you know, with headphones on the way to, way to work and so on. Um, but, but I think people open up very easily, um, particularly over, over a pint, which is, yeah, it's very much a part of Danish society, I'd say. Um, and on that note, it's, it's also a very liberal city. So, you know, you can drink in the parks without a hassle, um, you can attend amazing street parties like Distortion during the summer um, and nobody's going to bother you. Um, you know, the police are very friendly in that respect. It's very, it's very liberal. Like you don't really feel that, um, you know, you have to watch over your shoulder um, mm. within limits, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, that's I hope I've can, you know, encapsulated everything there. There's a lot to say about Copenhagen. I mean that's a that's a brilliant brilliant introduction to it all. Um, I mean there were so many points where I wanted to stop you and like kind of uh, <laughs> ask more questions. Um, but I think that really um, uh, certainly one of the things I remember from Copenhagen is you know if you're in a restaurant or a bar or anything like that, the service is so they're so friendly yeah. and um, and kind of accommodating and and yeah that kind of the new Nordic style. I thought it was really interesting you talking about there not being any skyscrapers and. Mm. It's kind of, you know, that plus the the amount of people on bikes and the parks and stuff just make it, you know, it's a very, very different experience of a city to, to lots of others, I think, in Europe. Indeed, yeah. Alan, you've worked on uh, Like a Local, um, yeah. Copenhagen, so um, which is all about sort of how the locals actually live. And a lot of it, it's sort of about, um, you know, forgetting the tourist traps, forgetting the Tivoli's of this world, even though obviously Tivoli is magical. Um <laughs> And it's a lot of sort of hidden gems. So can you recommend to listeners any kind of secret places or hidden gems that as a local you would recommend? Absolutely. So um, the other day when I was out riding in the morning, I came across quite a few of them. Um, and um, they're not in the in the book, actually. So let me name drop. Oh, great. Just a, Even just more inside oh, a knowledge. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so not, it, gi- not giving away the book as well. Like, uh, you know. 
And I'll give away there's, there's even better it. tips in the book. Yeah, you have to buy it when it comes out in January. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's quite a few that I found. So um, if we start to the ones that are close to home, um, there's this neighboring area called Suhaun, which we affectionately call Sudan um, in, in local parlance. And in, in Suhaun, um, it's actually, if you go to the place called Suhaun's Tipple, where you can see all these alpacas, um, on the way there, on the gravel road, um, on the right-hand side, you'll see some, some old houses, um, very, very small houses. Um, this area is called Musikbun, so it's called Music Town. And these small houses are essentially, um, you call them kolonihewa in Danish. So it's, a lot of Danes have a house where they go to on the weekends um, to just relax and do mm-hmm. nothing um, during the summer. Um, just very tiny. You, you can't live in, in there for most of the year. Um, and it looks like a Christiania, which we just talked about, in the sense that, that it looks very sort of almost dilapidated in some parts. It's right by this canal, um, right by the water. And I think for me, the, the biggest sort of, sort of like, wow, this is actually quite an interesting place was, um, so I go there a lot with my, my toddler to see the alpacas. And I took my fiance with me, uh, with us one day. And, you know, she was like, she said, this doesn't look like Denmark at all. Um, it just looks very, very different to everything else. Um, and I honestly don't know that many people that know of the existence of this, this place. Mm. Um, mm. it just seems very off the beaten path and it's, it's, it's in an area where there's not really anything happening. Um, so it's in between Sulhans Tippen and a park called Balbu, Balbu Park. Okay. Um, so that's, that's the first one. It's just a very natural and beautiful, unkempt uh, experience. Yeah. Um, and then also in Suhaun is the old Suhaun Harbour. So Suhaun is divided into two parts uh, that sort of epitomizes juxtaposition of Copenhagen being this old versus new thing. So the new part is all very sort of like fancy apartments by the water. Everybody has their stand-up paddleboard and can just jump in right away. And the old part is towards, um, towards the Suhaun Harbour which basically looks more like a fishing village um, on Denmark's uh, rugged west coast than anything else. Um, mm. While you're there, you should definitely check out a cafe. I think it's called Café Sul. Okay. Um, and this cafe, <laughs> this cafe is fantastic because they don't accept credit cards. Um, okay. It's, okay. it's that sort of place, right? And it serves traditional Danish food. And it's definitely not the sort of place that, um, you know, uh, James, you said before, like you were very impressed by the, the the service. I mean, it's not the sort of place that people are sort of like stumbling, stumbling over their, their themselves to to make you feel welcome. Um, it's got that very sort of raw, sort of like fisher fisherman kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, it's also not the kind of science of food place that you were kind of talking about. Not at about all. Before not well. at all. No. I mean, yeah. you'll get. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably the menu like. If we order the same thing, it's probably going to taste a little, just um, quite a bit different um, for all of us. <laughs> um, so it's, it, you know, which is the charm of the place, right? That that um, in a city where everything is sort of like planned and structured and so on and very mm, service-minded, mm. you still have places like this where, you know, you show up with, <laughs> with your credit card, they're going to look at you like um, you're mad. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely a place you, you'd want to check out just to sort of, yeah, take it all in, enjoy the harbour, enjoy the, the old boats. You can still see remnants of, of fishing nets there. And I mean, enjoy it while it lasts because there's, there's plans for, for big property development there, um, okay. which, which is a shame. Yeah. But um, yeah, you, you still have the chance to enjoy it right now. Um, 
And Sounds like a really different part of the city. So. It is, it is, it is. And it's, you know, it comes out of nowhere as well. Like you don't, ex- it's, it's nestled between all sorts of industrial complexes and so on. And then it just pops out at you. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very nice circuit um, to, to go on if you, if you bike there. That's very, very cool. That's a, that's a real, real top tip. It, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we're going to kind of uh, wrap up this section with a couple of kind of quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't dwell on it too long. First sure. thing that comes to mind, <laughs> etc. Yes. Uh, so uh, firstly, uh, your number one place to eat in Copenhagen. Wow, that's a difficult one. If I had to, <laughs> if I had to say one of <laughs> one of the number ones, okay, um, Ija de Sanchez. Uh, so Ija de Sanchez Cantina. Uh, so this is the one in Norham. There's three Ija de Sanchez's. Um, two of them are in Vesterbro, but I prefer the one in in, in Norham. Uh, basically, because it, it just it makes me feel like I'm in Guadalajara in Mexico or something. It's just very um, very raw and sort of yeah, very nice eating experience. Sounds fantastic. Amazing. And maybe most importantly, uh, your favourite place to drink in <laughs> Copenhagen. Um, yeah, I'd probably say it's it's Lil Coop, um, which is, it's classified as one of the world's best cocktails, cocktail bars, but it's one the sort of place that you'd actually never know existed unless you knew it was there. Um, mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. three floors to it. Um, my favourite is the, the Whiskey Lounge at the top. Um, nice. The cocktails are just so well made. Um, I think cocktail drinking in Copenhagen has become very popular these days. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of places actually charge you a little bit more than they should for a cocktail that's not that well made. Here, yeah. you, you definitely pay a little bit more, but the cocktail is fantastic. It's um, it's almost a culinary experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's just, yeah, beautiful and uh, very nice settings as well. Sounds Fantastic. like my kind of a place. And just going back to the Louisiana Museum of Art, which you said is a bike ride away, is there anything sort of else interesting to do kind of nearby or in the surrounding areas of Copenhagen, like a day trip or anything like that? I mean, if if, if you're on that route, uh, Strandwein, there's so many things, there's so many places you can stop by. Um, you can stop by the Deer Park, for example. Um, and while you're near the Deer Park, uh, there's actual deer there. So it's like it's like um, was it called Nara in Japan? So that sort of that yeah, sort of yeah, place yeah. Um, where the deers are all um, in close proximity to you. It's it's a very sort of um, just nice place to go and, and relax when the weather is good. There's a race course as well if you like horse racing. Um, mm-hmm. You can go there and hedge your bets or whatever you do when you go to the <laughs> races. Um, there's Bakken, which is the second oldest amusement. No, sorry, it's the oldest amusement park in the world. Um, Tivoli's the second oldest. I always get confused with those two. Mm-hmm. But Bakken is more, um, it's more raw, it's more authentic. It has the oldest roller coaster in the world, which is really fun. It looks uh-huh. like this rickety old thing that's just going to fall down any second. Um, but it's actually just, yeah, just very fun to, to sit on and, and, you know, you're writing, you're writing through history in a way. Um, what else can you do around there? There's the beach. Um, yeah, lots of beaches on the way there um, to Louisiana that you can just stop off and enjoy. Hellerup, the suburb of Hellerup, it's quite quite a nice place to stop and get a sandwich at. I mean, great. So it, it all sounds magical. Like it's a uh, you know quite cool as well as if it's like you know a fifty sixty kilometer bike ride, which sounds like a lot, but is definitely doable in a day. There's there's loads to see there, and definitely uh, you know kind of is a continuation of what you were saying about that kind of you know, the green spaces of Copenhagen, like it's almost kind of getting out and uh, 
and seeing a bit of the real de- uh, of wider Denmark as well, which is cool. Yeah, it's very much like you, you can also drive it. I, I mean, it's it's, mm. it's also like you can whenever we drive to Louisiana, we always drive along that road. You can also take the motorway, but it's the, there's just so much more excitement, and you see all these classic cars. If it's a good day, everybody's got their old classic car out, you know, just driving along. It's it's very much like um, you know those Hollywood scenes where yeah, there's like. Yeah. There's no winding roads; it's a straight road. But you get the picture. Like there's this old, all these old cars just driving up and down, and um, like classic, classic kind of coastal road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, um, uh, thanks for those amazing recommendations. Um, uh, We have like a running joke on this podcast that Lucy seems to want to go to every single destination, (laughs) and uh, I can see her getting more and more kind of excitable. Whiskey lounge. I'm like, yes, I need to go purely for the whiskey lounge. (laughs) You you do. I mean, that's that's one good reason for visiting Copenhagen. If you've been inspired by this episode and want to get closer to an adventure in Denmark or Copenhagen, do it with a DKI Witness Guide. Find DKI Witness Denmark and Top 10 Copenhagen in a bookshop near you or via the link in our episode bio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So, Alan, um, how has kind of how has Copenhagen changed in in recent years? You've mentioned a bit about gentrification, but obviously there's been mm. COVID as well. Um, yeah. how's, how's the city been in recent times? So, if we look if we look at recently being like the last few years, um, if I look at the years that I've lived here, for for instance, um, there's construction everywhere. Um, so mm. there's all these modern buildings being being built um, to address the the affordable housing shortage in the city. So Carlsberg Boon, which we've spoken about before, is like the quintessential example of that. Um, I mean, um, they moved a, a whole S-train station um, a kilometre up and called it Carlsberg um, mm. as part of that, for example. That's just to give you an example. Mm. Um, but it's also become more and more international over the years that I've lived here. So mm. it's definitely not unusual to hear many different languages being being spoken on its streets um, and that's partially to do with, I think, startups. So it's very easy to, to start your own business in, in, in Denmark, uh, but it's also very attractive for startups, kind of like in the same way that Ireland is, not necessarily with the, mm-hmm. with the, with the tax haven thing, but more along the lines of, of it's just very, there's, there's not that much red tape and there's a very nice culture of, of startups, which obviously attract um, talented people from across the EU, from across, um, yeah, across the globe, essentially. Um, street food has become very much a part and parcel of 
of, of the food package in Copenhagen. So whereas a few years ago, everything was all about the new Nordic and perhaps it still is to some extent. Nowadays, you're never far from a food truck. Um, mm. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's food trucks of a very high quality, I'd say generally. Um, and it's something new for Danes because um, mm. a lot of Danes are not used to, to trying their own, their own cuisine, certainly um, Danes outside of Copenhagen. So, this this whole street food um, vibe has just really taken over the city in that sense, um, and also expanded to other parts in Denmark as well. Cool. Um, apart from that, if we look more recently um, under COVID, obviously, I guess it was the same for a lot of a lot of cities in the world. It was the lockdowns, and uh, people didn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Um, everything sort of like. <laughs> came to a standstill but uh, right now everything is has opened again more or less i think clubs will be open in, in september um as the, like the last thing that that opens um um vaccinations are really high um Good. most of the population is vaccinated and i think everybody's also just calmed down a little bit <laughs> um <laughs> and sort of um yeah just relaxed a little bit more and and uh, really had time and space to just appreciate the good summer. We've had a good summer by by Copenhagen standards. It hasn't rained every day, um, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of weather, um, when would be the best time for people to visit Copenhagen, <laughs> well, would you say? The obvious answer would be summer, because <laughs> winter is, is definitely not for the faint-hearted. Um, How cold does it get in winter? Yeah. You know what? It doesn't actually really get that cold if you look at the thermometer. But there's something that we call the chill factor. Yeah. Yeah, in in Denmark especially, it's it's that deceitful sort of like, oh, I'm going to wake up and see what the weather is outside, and then you think you've dressed yourself really well, <laughs> and you're really warm, and you go outside and it's ten. It feels like it's ten degrees colder. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the wind. So the wind yeah. just really gets into everything and gets and bites really hard. Mm. Um, is that being near to the water as well, potentially? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's, I don't know, in January and February, I'd say, January, February, March, it's when it tends to freeze. Um, mm-hmm. So then it kind of goes below zero um, a lot of the time. Um, but that it's all, that also means that it doesn't rain that much. So January, February and March are also the better part of the winter months if you want. Okay. Yeah, so def- summer, but I'd also say that perhaps sort of May and June are personally my favorite times here in Copenhagen uh, because there's lots of sunlight hours. It's just before people's holidays. So there's a lot of buzz and excitement and you can still explore a lot of things without the whole country and everyone else being on holiday. Sure. Um, So there's perhaps less tourists at that time of the year. Um, July also tends to to have quite a few downpours. Um, So it can be a gamble sometimes. Um, that you come here expecting or a lot of Danes take take the holiday and they get we get so disappointed each year <laughs> as if we haven't tried it before when it rains <laughs> I, I mean that that's the same for Brits when yeah. we try and do holidays yeah. over here yeah so. yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah. True. and uh, you sort of mentioned a while ago about like kind of some of the parties and you mentioned that obviously nightclubs are opening back up again yeah. soon um, uh, are there any sort of events on the calendar? Are things like kind of starting, uh, things that people might want to come visit or see? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so already in, in mid-October, um, we've got this thing called Culture Night. And it's basically it's every cultural institution imaginable. So libraries, um, museums, etc. They just open their doors um, for very bespoke events at each venue. 
Um, and it's for kids, it's for grown-ups, it's for everybody. And it's the one night where you really can't see it all. So it's, it's, it's the night where you have to sort of say, okay, I'm going to prioritize seeing these, these 10 things or however many things that you're going to see. Um, you can get a pass, which also gives you free public transport all night long. Um, and it's just about, you know, picking what you, you want to see and uh, choosing wisely um, mm. because it really does come alive. It's the start of the, the, the um, half-term holidays for the mm, kids. Mm. Um, that's sort of like kicked off by that. Then, of course, there's Halloween. Um, and, I mean, Halloween is becoming a big thing these days, um, certainly in the neighborhoods and so on. But mm. um, ironically, <laughs> probably one of the best places to see it um, is actually Tivoli even though Tivoli is an amusement park, um, it does look very beautiful um, when it's draped in, in its Halloween colours and there's lanterns hanging from the trees and it does it does feel like you want a little bit of an adventure right in the yeah. middle of the city centre. So, that, yeah. That's quite an iconic way to spend Halloween as well. That's, that's really, really cool. Exactly. Um, then another thing, actually, one of my favourites is the Santa Lucia, so the St. Lucia Parade. And this is on the 13th of December, or mid-December anyway. Um, and it's basically an illuminated parade um, by yeah, people in their kayaks in the canals um, wow. Wow. At, at night. Um, or, well, I mean, at five o'clock, it's dark anyway at that point. <laughs> so it, it looks it looks very, very beautiful to see all the lights on, on, on the water. Yeah. And it's just nothing else is happening at that time of year because everybody's just buying Christmas presents just mm-hmm. before Christmas. So this is one of the things that actually... Um, does definitely put a lot of people in in a good mood in the Christmas spirit, perhaps. Um, and then speaking of Christmas, obviously you've got the Christmas markets. Um, most of them are overrated, but there's one <laughs> called Dunkohel, uh, which is the Grey Hall, and this is in the middle of Christiania. And there's all sorts of sort of art, artisanal wares that you can you can buy there. Um, lots of handcrafted things. It's very it's a very authentic Christmas market if there's such a thing left um in this world um it's a very nice place to to check out and then yeah start of the year i'm not really sure what's going on there but um if you do come in june uh you should definitely check out uh distortion festival which is um yeah you've probably heard of it it's it's basically a week of um absolute chaos um electronic music in in the city's streets um the streets get transformed essentially to to one big um playground wow great so many different recommendations there and i think um it's great to also hear that you know things are opening up things are starting again and uh you know really sort of positive vibes for the future as well that's really cool and uh we'll certainly look forward to visiting copenhagen so with that thank you very much alan uh thanks for all your amazing amazing recommendations uh there are so many things i want to do in copenhagen now um yeah uh, yeah you got to come back and the rest of you have to you have to come we will. yeah absolutely absolutely see you there so um uh but i think uh for anyone kind of interested in uh following alan on his bike rides and adventures and so on uh you can find him on instagram that's at i believe at corpbeck travels is that correct that's correct um uh so yeah you can follow him there and yeah a huge sort of where to go thanks to you uh alan for joining us and sharing all your wonderful insights into copenhagen thank you for having me 
once again huge thank you to Alan that was brilliant I mean I know we've both been to Copenhagen before I'm itching to go back Lucy me too yeah so many new things and more places that I want to explore so interesting as well I think Alan really kind of took us off the beaten track with a yes. couple of those recommendations and really got to the heart of the city and and you know it's kind of context in, in wide Denmark too which is really uh, really refreshing to hear about so you can kind of join us on our next episode where actually uh, so we've talked about Alan kind of being a, like a local author our next episode is a celebration of the launch of the first like a local books Lucy Yay! Yes, exciting. Which, if you're listening to this listener, the books come out on the 16th of September. But this episode, we'll, we'll kind of be talking to three of the authors from some of the first books coming out. And we're going to go to three different destinations to find out a little bit of like kind of the local take yeah. and, you know, how, how locals actually see their own hometowns, what we, and, you know, get to a little bit of the bottom of what we can kind of understand from from those local recommendations too and how we can travel a little bit differently in this kind of post-coronavirus world. So our three destinations next week are, you ready for this, Lucy? I'm ready. San Francisco, Berlin and uh, London, but yeah, <laughs> a little bit closer to home at the end. I'm excited about London I'm very, well. very excited to talk about <laughs> London again. But um, but yeah, so um, so listen out for that next time. Um, and uh, very excited for that special episode. I mean, Lucy, you must be chuffed that these books are finally, finally I really hitting am. the shelves. Listeners have heard us talk about them ad nauseum <laughs> for the past 18 months. So I'm just really, really delighted that they've come to fruition. And, um, you know, we have just got so many wonderful writers on the series on the series so it's really nice to be having them on the podcast as well and kind of crossing both my parts of my role which is really nice to kind of bring them together <laughs> under one happy roof which is really yeah. lovely yeah plenty of plenty of writers who you've heard on the podcast before listener as well like I, I know Nicola in Dublin has done like a local Dublin so that's right yeah and obviously um not until Jan- the January batch but Alan Alan as we've heard today so um We'll be very much looking forward to that episode. But until then, uh, huge thanks to you, Lucy. And same to you, James. And we shall see you next time. Where to Go was produced by the team at DKI Witness and the wonderful Julia Baker. It was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recordings. For more information about DKI Witness, follow us on social media at DKI Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And please remember to like, rate, review and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. Your support means so much to us. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365 day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.